The Kings show a lot of heart and guts in an improbable win in Nashville to stay perfect on the road. We'll talk about Matt Roy, Cal Peterson, Gabe Velarde, and more on this edition of Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. At last check, we were at 785 subscribers. Looking great to get to our goal of 800 by the end of the month. Thank you so much for your support of the YouTube channel and, of course, the podcast as well. I am Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked on LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years for the past 20-plus years, the Fox Sports Radio Network, uh, also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years, and, of course, a passionate L.A. Kings fan for over 30 years. The L.A. Kings played Game 5 of the season and Game 3 of their nine-day, five-game road trip, and the Kings were looking to stay undefeated on the road after back-to-back wins in Minnesota and Detroit, and the Kings were playing their first of back-to-back games on back-to-back nights with the game in Detroit and last night, the game in Nashville. So as always, when we're checking a recap of a game, let's check in on what the line combinations were for the LA Kings. No surprise up front, the top line, Andre Kopitar at center, Kevin Fiala on the left wing, Adrian Kempe on the right wing. The second line, also uh, very similar to what we've seen all year, Philip Deneau at center, Trevor Moore on the left wing, Victor Arvidsson on the right side. Uh, We had Quentin Byfield at center on the third line, Carl Grunstrom, filling in for Alex Iafalo on the left side, Gabe Velarde on the right wing. And then on the fourth line, it was Blake Lazat at center, Brendan Lemieux on the left side, and Arthur Kaliev on the right side. Your defense pairings were Mikey Anderson and Drew Doughty, Sean Dursey and Matt Roy, Brant Clark and Sean Walker, and Cal Peterson was in net. Your scratches were Jarrett Anderson Dolan, Jacob Movarari, and Alex Edler, and Alex Iafalo is currently on injured reserve so we wondered going into the game who would slot in to replace Iafalo on that third line uh interesting choice going with Grunstrom I've said I think his skill set and style of play makes him a better fit on the fourth line where he has seen time with Lazat and Mew I also like Kaliev and his scoring ability on the third line a little bit more than on the fourth line for a couple of reasons as a skilled player I think he fits in better playing with skilled guys like Quentin Byfield and Gabe Velarde Plus, I think it's more likely he'll get a few more minutes playing on the third line as opposed to the fourth line as well. But we'll see how that goes going forward for as long as those two guys, guys like Grunstrom and Kaliev, are going to kind of fit in to fill the shoes of Alex Iafalo, at least for right now. The Kings went with the same defensive pairings as the night before in Detroit. Of course, Alex Edler out again, second straight game, uh, missing time because of the puck off of the head slash face that he took in warmup in Detroit. Um, And again, Brant Clark playing on the left side, his offside. Sean Dursey continues to play on the left side as well, also his offside. And the Kings decided not to put recently called up defenseman Jacob Movarari in the lineup despite him being a left shot. And Cal Peterson in goal is certainly not unexpected with the back-to-back games in back-to-back nights. As for the recap of this one, not a great start for the Kings. And for the second straight game, 
the Kings allowed a goal on the first shot against. This was just after Kevin Fiala took another careless penalty, uh, but Nashville ended up scoring before that penalty ever went into effect. Uh, the Predators did have the extra attacker on the ice, but it really did not factor into the goal that was scored. Cody Glass scoring on a fairly routine wrist shot, glove side on Cal Peterson. Peterson saw it all the way, couldn't get it. Um, Glass is not a scorer. He's more of a grinder, um, but he was able to get that one in the net. Not a great goal against for Cal, not a great start for the Kings, and L.A. was quickly down one nothing. Unlike the previous game in Detroit, where the Kings were clearly the better team in the first period and responded with two goals to reclaim the lead in that first period, uh, the Kings were not able to answer in this first period despite power play opportunities midway through the first period. L.A. was also able to kill off a Predators power play. Nashville getting no shots on goal with the man advantage. L.A. would get a second power play chance in the final seconds of the first period. It spilled over into the second. And while that power play looked a little better than the first, uh, still unable to score. Kings would then get a third and fourth opportunity on the power plays, even a two-man advantage, uh, but still unable to find the back of the net after some Nashville uh, penalties. Um, but that second power play unit did get on the ice in the waning moments after the initial minor was killed off. The second minor still had some time left on it, and Arthur Kaliev would send a wrist shot towards the net. It was low uh, along the ice, and Gabe Velarde was able to deflect it five-hole past Predators goalie UC Soros, and that evened up the game at 1-1. So the Kings finally able to get a power play goal in past the Predators. L.A. would get yet another power play chance to try and take the lead, but couldn't score. Nashville would reclaim the lead on a nice cross-ice pass from Mikhail Granlund to Philip Forsberg, who scored with Cal Peterson moving from his left to his right, post to post. Peterson may be a little bit late getting over, but that certainly was not a soft goal at all. i got to give credit to the Predators on that one. It was a great pass and a great finish by one of their top goal scorers. So Nashville had the 2-1 lead. Then with under a minute to go in the second period, the Predators would add their lead with power forward Tanner Janot taking the puck around the back of the net. He would lose defenseman Sean Walker. Janot would be stopped on his first stuff-in attempt at the post, but somehow the second post, uh, the second uh, stuff-in attempt um, off the rebound was able to get through Peterson somehow, and that made it 2-1. to one. Um, couple of things on that one. Cal has to hold the post on that one. He just can't let that low-percentage shot get through him. And I know some Kings fans have been concerned about the lack of size for the Kings on the blue line. I thought in that particular case, that was evident. Uh, Tanner Janot is a big, strong guy, and Sean Walker physically just couldn't match up against him in that situation. So on to the third period, and the Kings would get two more power play opportunities, but failed to score. It seemed like that was going to be the story of the night, missed opportunities with the man advantage for L.A., but later at even strength, Fourth line grinder Brandon Lemieux would skate the puck hard to the net and then make a pass off to the side of the net uh, to a crashing Matt Roy, and he was able to put it in. Uh, it looked like it likely went off his right leg, um, but his stick was there as well, and there was certainly no distinct kicking motion. There was no doubt that was a good goal and a big goal that made it 3-2, and the Kings had some hope at that point. That hope seemed to be dashed when Victor Arvidsson was called for a questionable tripping penalty, and that put L.A. down a man late in the game, but fortunately for LA, Matt Duchesne was called for slashing to even it up at a four-on-four skating situation. And with the puck in the Nashville end, Nino Niederreiter broke his stick playing defense. 
uh, he went to go to the bench to get another one. And in that time, it was just enough of an opportunity and an opening for Matt Roy to go to the net. Gabe Velarde found him, and Roy put it home with a wrist shot to tie the game at 3-3 with just over two minutes to go in regulation. And the Kings, you're like, wow. They come back from down two in the third against a really good goalie in UC Soros on the road in the second of back-to-back nights. We're going to at least get a point out of this. This is great. Uh, and then in overtime, we're like, well, if we get another point, that's just icing on the cake at this point. Well, in the overtime, Drew Doughty was called for a holding penalty. Nashville had a four-on-three power play for the entire final 148 of the extra period. Philip Deneau, Matt Roy, Mikey Anderson were the three defensemen that played for most of the rest of the game and had the responsibility of trying to kill off that four-on-three shorthanded opportunity along with goalie Cal Peterson. Uh, Mikey Anderson had a great block shot in the sequence. Cal Peterson made a couple of really great saves, and uh, they were able to kill off, well, not kill off the penalty because it extended beyond the end of the overtime, uh, but uh, they were able to not allow uh, the Predators to get a goal and extend the game into a shootout. So awesome job on the penalty kill all game long, and in particular in overtime for the LA Kings to give them a shot at getting that extra point. In the shootout, after a Kevin Fiala failed attempt, Gabe Velarde scored on a beautiful backhand-to-forehand move through, again, one of the best goalies in the league in UC Saros, and Cal Peterson came up huge. He stopped all three shooters he faced, and they were all good goal scorers, Philip Forsberg, Matt Duchesne, and the talented defenseman for Nashville, Roman Yossi, and they were all saves, too. They, these were not um, shots that missed the net. Cal had to make saves on all three shooters, and he did so. And the Kings pull out an improbable 4-3 win and a huge two points. Wow, that was a gritty, gutty effort by the LA Kings. And kind of thought afterwards, the kind of the, just the feeling was, other than feeling great, um, you know what? Good teams find ways to win games when they aren't playing at their best. And it remains to be seen if the Kings are a good team. We all think they are, but, you know, time will tell with how the season plays out. But if they, if they are, in fact, a good team, this was a, a great illustration of that. A good team finding a way to win when they were not playing at their best. We'll talk about Cal Peterson. Not at his best, but when it mattered most, he came up big. The, the, you know, the power play wasn't coming through, but the penalty kill, the special teams uh, playing a big role, killing off that four on three in the overtime. And, and we'll talk more about Gabe Velarde as he continues his great season so far. But, um, you know, that third period was really all L.A. Uh, they outshot Nashville 15 to three. I thought it was a classic case of L.A. looking to put their foot on the gas down two goals in the third. And I thought Nashville also got to got to think they were sitting on that two goal lead as well. They weren't looking to push the pace. They weren't looking to get zone time. They weren't looking to, they were just looking not to make mistakes, not to give up easy opportunities for the Kings. They figured we've got a Vesna finalist goaltender in net. We're going to hold this two goal lead. Well, it didn't happen thanks to some extra effort uh, by the LA Kings. And we'll certainly talk about some of the players who came up big for LA in what was a really big, exciting victory and what a road trip it's been so far. I mean, the wild game in Minnesota, no pun intended to start it off the seven, six victory. Then you had uh, the overtime win in Detroit. And now you've got the next one is in a shootout down two goals in the third. Uh, we'll see how the next two games go. But uh, I think even at this point, barring some sort of disaster in the next two, it's been already, I think a successful road trip for the Los Angeles Kings. So as usual, after a game, we look at what was good and what was not so good. And we will do that in just a moment. 
But first, I need to remind you about betonline.net, your number one source for betting football and the start of the new NBA season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including postseason baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to BetOnline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more as BetOnline, where the game starts. So lots of good in terms of the effort and the never-say-die attitude for L.A. in this big win over Nashville. And also great to see other players step up in key moments. We talk about a team maybe not playing their best, but finding a way to win. And I think that also goes hand-in-hand with, we know who the top players are for the L.A. Kings. We know who is going to have to do most of the heavy lifting on most nights. But there are going to be some nights when the top line isn't producing or the power play isn't producing. And you need need to get offense from other unexpected places. And... There's no bigger unexpected source than Matt Roy. If you asked me who are the least likely players on the Kings to get a two-goal game, Matt Roy would be on that list. Maybe Alex Edler would be on that list as well. Um, a Mikey Anderson, perhaps. But, you know, guys, guys on defense who are defensive guys for the most part. Uh, but two goals for Matt Roy, not in the game, in the third period. For a guy that had never had a multi-goal game in his NHL career, and he's played over 200 games in the NHL, Uh, his career high for goals in a season is four, and he's got three so far this season. Um, I've said the top line needs to step up, like I said, on most nights, but when they don't, and Kopitar, Kempe, and Fiala were all pointless in this game, other people have to step up. Matt Roy certainly did that. We also talked about how the beginning of the season, the Kings would need some more offense from the blue line, and uh, kudos to Matt Roy for his huge game. Um, he was a a he had to be the number one star of this game for the LA Kings. Gotta talk about Cal Peterson. Was he great? Well, no, not for the entire game. I thought two of the three goals he allowed in regulation were substandard. The wrist shot by Cody Glass to start the game and the stuff in by Tanner Janot are goals that he needs to stop more often than not. But In the third period, although he didn't see a lot of shots, in the overtime and in the shootout, Cal was spectacular. He got better as the game went along, and when it mattered most, he was great. Uh, He he helped to kill off that shorthanded against. Um, He had some very good saves when they were down uh, 4-3, or I should say they were killing off that 4-on-3 power play. He made some very good saves in that one. Um, and then in the shootout, uh, just spectacular again against three very talented offensive players. And again, all saves, none of the players shot it wide of the net. He had to make the saves on all three of those, uh, shooters in the shootout. And I thought his, um, his reaction afterwards said a lot. I mean, the fist pump, he was fired up the, the team, you know, skating on the ice to, to congratulate him, to hug him and and give him uh, all the love and, uh, great to see. And, and hopefully, this can spark Cal a little bit. We've mentioned it has been a slow start to him. Now he is 2-0 on the season, but he was in net for six goals against against Minnesota. And then this one, a couple of soft ones, I thought, early on. But again, got better as the game went along. It's got to build his confidence. It's got to build the team's confidence in him to know that when it matters most, he can come up big and he can get the job done. So again, hopefully this is something that helps Cal Peterson going forward. It would be hard to believe that it's not something that's going to help him going forward. But again, was it a perfect game for Cal? No, but really came up big when it mattered most. 
Also good for the Kings, the penalty kill. Uh, five power play opportunities against and no power play goals allowed. Um, there was nearly a shorthanded goal by the Kings. Trevor Moore, after a great effort from Philip Deneau, who was out there killing a penalty with him, um, he knocked the puck ahead. Trevor Moore skated to get it, got a breakaway, but unfortunately it was at the end of his shift and he didn't have much energy. And, and by the way, UC Saros is a great goalie, but he wasn't able to finish on that breakaway, but very nearly a shorthanded goal for Trevor Moore, who is the Kings' most dangerous player uh, shorthanded. Um, they also, of course, as I mentioned, in the, in the overtime, killing off that four-on-three power play for Nashville was fantastic, spectacular. Great job by Mikey Anderson and Matt Roy and Philip Deneau. So the penalty kill doing, doing the job uh, against Nashville. I thought Sean Dursey had his best game of the season, and he made some nice plays defensively. Uh, just as important, he didn't make any negative plays defensively. And he damn near won the game in overtime on a great rush where he skated the puck into the zone, went right around the Predators defender. I believe it was, um, oh gosh. Uh, I, 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 and Matthias Eckholm. Matthias Eckholm, he skated, he's a good defender. Skated right around him as a defenseman and then was one-on-one with Saros, and he went on a backhand, and Saros made the save. But uh, almost, that would have been an awesome way to end the game. But um, Jersey has obviously had a few tough moments early on. We know about what happened at the end in the season opener against against the Golden Knights. But uh, getting better as it goes along, getting more confidence. I thought this game, he looked a lot more like the Sean Jersey that we saw for most of last season when he filled in um, on the blue line for the Kings who were banged up. Of course, we have to talk about Brant Clark. Um, he played in game number four of his potential nine games before the decision has to be made to keep him in LA or send him back to juniors. You all know about that. Um, there was some good and some bad. He did get called for a couple of minor penalties. He did fall down at one point and led to a Nashville two-on-one. They didn't score on it. But he also made some very nice defensive plays. He broke up a two-on-one with a, a sliding save, had a couple of block shots. He was on the ice for the um, Roy game tying goal with the four on four and had some penalty kill time as well. So um, maybe a little bit of a mixed bag for Brant Clark, but again, that's to be expected when you're a 19 year old defenseman playing in your first few games, of the NHL um, overall thought another solid effort uh, from Brant Clark. We're still waiting to see him uh, get, get his first NHL point. Hopefully that'll happen here in the next couple of games. And I almost forgot to talk about Gabe Velarde because talking about him playing well is almost expected at this point. He had a power play goal. He had the primary assist on Matt Roy's tying goal and the gorgeous game-winning goal in the shootout. What a great move on one of the top goalies in the NHL. And we talked at the beginning of the season about some of the players who had career years last year, Kevin Fiala, Adrian Kepe, Philip Deneau, Trevor Moore, were those guys going to be able to duplicate those years? We didn't really ask who was going to have a career year this year. Who would be those guys this season? And, and Gabe Velarde well on his way to being a player who's, who's going to have a career year. Fingers crossed. Everything stay, stays the way it's going, stays healthy. But it is amazing to see. And I said it, if you guys have been with me the whole time, I said this is going to be a huge year for Gabe Velarde. And I, I'm not saying I predicted he would do this. I'm saying that I think everyone knew that this was a make-or-break year for Gabe Velarde. He had to prove to the LA Kings he was worth being a former first-round pick, that he was worth the, the time they invested in him. And the ups and downs he's kind of had are behind him. Uh, last year, he you know put, put in some good time at the AHL, and he was ready this year for this to be the year for him at the NHL level to secure a roster spot and get some significant playing time. So far, mission accomplished. So far, it could it could not have gone better at this point for Gabe Velarde, and we just hope it keeps going because uh, the guy's talented. 
I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's got, he's got good size too. He's got good reach. He's not afraid to hit. He's had a couple of decent uh, hits in the last couple of games, and you could just see the confidence growing and growing and growing in him. All right, so that was a lot of good. Um, coming up, um, a couple of things that weren't so good because there always are some not so goods, uh, no matter what the game is, at least for the most part. Uh, but real quick, I want to remind you, um, thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen. Uh, I want to invite you to make your second listen Game to game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked on game to game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysts that only Locked On can deliver. Follow game to game on Locked On NHL, available on Audacity's app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So, what was the not so good in this one for the Kings uh, over Nashville? And we talked about Cal Peterson wasn't so good early, but was good in the third period overtime, the shootout. Um, we talked about how the Kings penalty kill was good, but the other, the flip side of that coin on the special teams was the power play. And that was not very good. The Kings had eight power play chances and scored one goal. Uh, that is not good enough. Uh, Nashville gave LA a lot of chances to not only get back in the game, but to win the game in regulation. If they could have taken advantage of a few more of their opportunities with the power play and the Kings just, it didn't happen. It just wasn't clicking for them, unfortunately. Um, and I do think the power play has looked better at times, but clearly um, it's not close to being as consistent as it needs to be at this point and going forward. You have to make teams pay for being undisciplined. You, and you also have to reward your team for skating hard and drawing penalties. And the Kings, unfortunately, were not able to do that in this game. Fortunately, it didn't come back to haunt them. But I think the power play, although I'm optimistic about it, still a work in, prog in progress as well. I know assistant Jim Hiller, who was brought in this, this season to run the power play, has talked about the power play being multidimensional and that he doesn't want it to be predictable. But I also think the Kings power play is best when it runs through Adrian Kempe on the right side um, and the team tries to set him up for his shot at the right faceoff dot. Sure, you don't want to be predictable, but you also don't want to outthink yourself and and do something that is not best at what you do. So I'd like to see them go that way with the power play a little bit more and then adjust off of it after it maybe it has some success and teams then try to take that away. But kind of do what you do best first. Make the other teams adjust and take that away and then try some different options. So we'll see how it goes going forward for the power play. Uh, with the LA Kings, but able to win despite not having a very good night at all. Just one for eight uh, with the man, man advantage. Overall, though, hard to not think this is a great win. Uh, again, good teams find ways to win when they aren't at their best. Uh, great to see LA get some big goals late from some unexpected places, have a big penalty kill in the overtime, and then uh, you know, get the shootout game winner against one of the top goalies in the NHL in Vesna Trophy finalist, UC Saros. So the Kings remain undefeated on the road this season. They've won three straight on this road trip as they get ready for their toughest test so far. And that is the Pittsburgh Penguins coming up on Thursday night. We are going to have a full breakdown of that matchup coming up on tomorrow's show. Um, but the Penguins are once again led by Stanley Cup winners like Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Chris Letang. Um, it's uh, a very, it's a team, I believe they made the playoffs 16 years in a row. So this is a team that season in and season out always is a tough challenge. We'll see former King Jeff Carter as well. But looking forward to breaking down the Kings game against the Penguins coming up 
on tomorrow's show. Um, I did want to mention real quick, um, this show is being posted a lot later than I want to. And uh, and I, I just wanted to say this is not the norm. I'm posting the show late on Wednesday night um, because sometimes life gets in the way of, of doing uh, your other projects that you have. And uh, we have a dog that we love very much who is sick right now. And we're doing our best to take care of him. Um, so I had to be with him at the pet hospital today. So that is why this show was recorded a lot later than I want to. I normally want to get this show out in the late afternoon, early evening at the latest. I don't want to post this so late. Um, but Hey, at least we're reacting to a great win for the LA Kings. Hopefully this show was worth waiting for. And again, thank you guys for all of your support of the podcast and of the YouTube channel. You can send me an email if you'd like to talk about anything that's going on with the Kings or this show. The email address is lockedoneddie at gmail.com. We are on Twitter. Hopefully you follow us over there at LockedOnLAKings, and we're on Instagram as well, and that is at LockedOnLAKings. Thank you for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen today. Now make your second listen Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates on, with news, analysis, and advice Monday through Friday. It's available on YouTube, Audacity, and wherever you get your podcast. Again, that is Locked on Fantasy Hockey. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you so much for listening to Locked on LA Kings. And as always, we close out the show by saying, Go Kings Go.